the need for tying business and cyber risk. It's greater than ever from medical devices to technical platforms to patient care platforms as examples. How do we ensure that we have the right governance and the right processes to really embed the controls to protect the very data that we need to protect? How do we handle phishing? How do we handle ransomware? That is very important because you're cross-threading all the different organizational constituents that need to be part of those business risks. IEEE SA Voice shares insights and perspectives from the IEEE SA community, subject matter experts, and industry leaders that are working to raise the world standards, drive market solutions, and much more. Keeping you at the forefront of technological innovation for the benefit of humanity. Hello, everyone and welcome to the Rethink Health Podcast. I'm your host, Maria Palombini, and I lead the IEEE Standards Association Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. The practice is a platform for multidisciplinary stakeholders from around the globe who are seeking to develop solutions for driving responsible adoption of new technologies and applications that will lead to more security, protection, and universal access to quality of care for all individuals. And with that, I would like to welcome T.R. Kane from PricewaterhouseCoopers to the podcast today. He's been working the area of patient privacy to addressing the risk of the cyber world across a technical discipline. Um, currently, his role is cybersecurity and forensics partner, global third-party risk leader, U.S. strategy and transformation leader at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So, T.R., can you share with our audience a little bit about the great work you've been doing at PwC and some of the things that you're seeing from trends and global challenges from where you're sitting right now? Yeah, you bet, Maria. So I'm seeing a number of trends facing healthcare with first being really the increased use of third parties, right? If you think of healthcare organizations, whether you're talking pharma, providers, or even the payers, you have this ecosystem of data and trust that continues to expand from organizations directly controlling it to really placing more reliance on contractors, the cloud, suppliers, business partners, and vendors that have effectively become the key components of those healthcare organizations processing, storing, manipulating, uh, transferring regulated patient, and even employee data. I think the second thing that, that I'm really seeing and where I spend you know, a bulk of my time is really the need for tying business and cyber risk, right? It's greater than ever from medical devices to technical platforms, right? Expanding platforms within healthcare uh, to patient care platforms as examples that all must be managed, they need to be monitored and they need to be reported upon effectively. So I'm getting a lot of demand and asks for calls and even at the board levels really around how do we get cyber risk aligned to patient safety and business outcomes. So we've seen in the world of cybersecurity has been this focus on prevention, like how do we stop the problem before it happens, right? But, you know, that's all what we think is the best solution. However, we're seeing more of a trend, and you mentioned this earlier, towards risk mitigation, this concept of forensics in the whole um, episode when these breaches and this quote-unquote warfare starts to happen. So maybe you can explain some of these concepts 
um, to our audience and why they're just as important or more important rather than just working on the prevention, the vaccine for the problem, and how we're looking at, you know, actually at preventing the risk in that situation. And maybe what you see companies doing better or not so great in generally embracing this concept and better managing risk overall in a connected healthcare system. First and foremost, you know, connective healthcare platforms are really increasingly touching patients and expanding across the healthcare industry, right? So one of the things, not just from a risk perspective, but from a trust perspective, it's becoming the core of the focus, right? Coupled with the mechanisms to manage risk that lends itself to establishing that very trust. As platforms are rolled out, um, even risk management oversight, technical forensic investigative capabilities, and other detective technologies the industry really is starting to look at more independent organizations to help edify the trust gap. So things like high trust, getting really those independent outputs, but also having a strong cyber and privacy set of embedded controls around their patient and clinical healthcare platforms. And what I mean by that is we can't just simply rely on an independent third party to check the box. It's really how do we embed new products, medical devices, the rollout of technology, even acquiring. There's a lot of M&A activity within healthcare right now. How do we ensure that we have the right governance and the right processes to really embed the controls to protect the very data that we need to protect, i.e. privacy, right? And the mechanisms being security. And it's really striking that right balance between the patient and doc experience, compliance, risk reduction, while also managing costs in concert. Additionally, more and more healthcare companies are starting to use endpoint detection and response. So different EDR solutions to really help gather data from endpoints. But I think, and this is the key, but while it is still reactive in nature, it does help begin to mitigate risk once an attack has been identified. However, it's not a proxy for overarching cyber risk management and the alignment to organizational risk and business outcomes. It's really reframing cyber risk as a business risk and not taking that legacy view that cyber is just a technology risk. I think the last thing that's also very important is we're seeing organizations, you know, as I think about risk mitigation and detective capabilities is aligning specific playbooks, right, around incident response and resiliency. So playbooks around what do we do if a medical device is breached? How do we handle phishing? How do we handle ransomware? That to me is very important because you're cross-threading all the different organizational uh, constituents that need to be part of those business risks, not just treating it solely as that cyber responsibility to respond, handle, and mitigate, because it's not. There's been, in a natural, what we see industry response is, we see an emergency and companies start throwing money, quote unquote, at the problem, investment. You know, there's figures wide range from 100 million US dollars plus to be invested in the next five years to 15% increase in cybersecurity measures. It's not just about throwing money at the problem, right? What is it that 
would be the most effective way to invest this money so that these organizations can get the best return on investment for the money that they're putting into the problem. Yeah, that I'll, t I'll tell you, this is probably the number one set of discussions around this topic that I'm having with executives. And what we're really seeing is the need for cyber risk quantification. It's the trend we're seeing grow exponentially. So directly aligning risk and controls to prescriptive calculations of associated dollars for those risk and controls or quantifying the risk of not doing something, right? I.e., what's the cost of a record for a breach times the number of records a provider, as an example, maintains equals a specific dollar value plus compliance penalties, right? So CIOs and CISOs alike are really starting to learn that their boards and specifically CFOs really want a better articulation of why am I spending this percentage of my organizational dollar on a specific initiative? They want alignment of the cost, the risk, and the business outcome versus hearing we have X amount of tools, we scan X amount of endpoint devices every month, um, and we have anomalies detected in our environment. That isn't quantifiable, and it's not actionable for a board or even an audit committee. So CISOs and CIOs alike are really pivoting their agendas to be risk-based and risk-quantified to directly align to their business stakeholder expected outcomes. You know, one of the concerns we keep hearing about similarly is hopefully this money is going to be used in a, in a way that's going to deliver. So let's see how that goes. We have this constant debate, you know, regulators should do more or it should be, you know, regulators should require developers and software engineers to do more. I guess the question is sitting from your perspective, do you have a similar perspective where regulators need to step up and start making these mandates in? Or do you think this is more a market-driven approach where, you know, incentivizing these technologists to sort of embrace this concept to start delivering on this idea of, you know, more security, more protection of privacy and that kind of thing. Specifically around medical devices, net new products that are, you know, emerging into the healthcare industry. They're just simply not enough regulatory protocols, controls and oversight like you may see from the OCC and the FFIEC and financial services, right? So I think there's a greater need for regulatory monitoring and enforcement. And those are both important because monitoring it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, tickets are being written. I think you need to have real enforcement and, and really look at the clear difference between financial services and the enforcement of their regulations with that of healthcare. There is a clear difference in response and reaction when systems or products have been exposed due to a breach in financial services versus healthcare. So I think if you're gonna move the needle, you need to have healthcare regulatory bodies set standards, but I think it needs to be in cohort with medical doctors, right? In the broader medical community, mm -hmm. but also with the manufacturers to align on those standards. It shouldn't just be at the policy level. I think it needs to go a level down at a technical security level and not just be a guideline, not be a recommendation, but be a federal mandate with defined penalties for non-compliance that are tracked, reported, and enforced on an ongoing basis. 
What do you see as the greatest cyber threat and consequence in the healthcare system that maybe others are not fully migrated to, or maybe it's just sort of not, you know, gotten the whole exposure like we think we it has been? The attack surface has grown exponentially across healthcare organizations. And when I say exponentially, it has moved at a velocity faster than healthcare organizations' budget to keep up with them. So if you think of healthcare interconnective, you know, kind of ecosystems around biomedical devices, mobile phones and devices, laptops, mobile workstations within hospitals, all the way third parties um, are really being leveraged for outsourcing data and data handling. The greatest threat really becomes the lack of clarity around where my data is, how my networks are segmented, how I'm effectively monitoring third-party risks, and the emergence of cloud-based solutions, which really has enabled business leaders to pursue digital solutions without maybe always interacting with, or as I stated earlier, embedding cybersecurity until it's post-contract. And I think that's when you start to see data risk exposure, when you haven't kind of taken a step back to look at, are we programmatically thinking about how we're going to have a business outcome with the right level of control, protecting both patient health safety as well as patient data safety. We're at a revolutionary point, and I know that sounds bold, but we are. We're at a revolutionary point in history with respects to access to data, interconnectivity options, use of medical devices, how those medical devices connect to other devices, and really this increasing attack surface that malicious actors are preying on, and the velocity by which emerging healthcare treatments are being introduced and performed, as well as the mechanisms by which data is stored and by whom is continuing to increase with use of the cloud. Knowing that the healthcare organizations, that the government, that independent firms alike are trying to move at a similar pace is important for folks to know. The threats are known, the velocity by which medical providers and technologists and independent you know, assessors and consultants are trying to attack it. It's not quite there, but I think folks are really doubling down. So my recommendation you know, for the audience would be kind of in the meantime, right? be safe, stay healthy, and look out for one another and know that your clinical and technical teams are really doubling down to protect you. Wow, TR, you have shared so many great insights today, and uh, I want to thank you for joining the conversation and being with us. And many of the concepts TR mentioned today are addressed in various activities that we have at the IEEE uh, Standards Association Healthcare Life Science Practice. And most notably, we are doing a five-part virtual workshop series on global connected healthcare cybersecurity. I invite you to visit ieesa.io backslash cyber2021 to learn more about the series. So if you want to get involved in any of our work, I invite you all um, to visit our website at ieesa.io slash rethink. And we look forward to you joining us in our next episode. Until next time. On behalf of IEEE Standards Association and IEEE SA Voice, thank you for joining us today. 
For more information, please visit standards.ieee.org. We hope you'll join us again soon.